Hey there, everybody. Just want to welcome you to the New Life Bible Study Podcast. My name is Rob Harston, and this is episode number seven. Through uh, We are doing our series through the book of James uh, called Living Out Mature Faith. And last week, if you joined us, we discussed trials and where they come from and why we have them. And we know that uh, they come from God. Um, you know, He gives us these trials to mature us and to test our faith and to strengthen our faith. And this week, we're going to be discussing temptation. Probably not as fun a subject, but that is what James 1 verses 13 through 18 discuss. So we're going to go ahead and do that. And and when I was reading all this, it reminds me of a story of Marcus Antonius, better known as Mark Anthony. He was a famous Roman statesman from 83 to 30 BC. He was a supporter of Julius Caesar and one of three uh, co-rulers of the empire. He was a very smooth talker who could sway the masses like no other man in his day. And not only did he have the gift of dynamic public speaking, but he was also a cunning general and and he had a very brilliant mind. Yet his military and intellectual skills lacked the power to conquer his moral weakness. In fact, an irritated tutor who was so frustrated with the thought of such a gifted youth being spoiled by moral failure shouted in his face, O Marcus, O colossal child, able to conquer the world but unable to resist temptation. This could this could be a charge made by against many many Mark Anthony's today. Um, there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of very well educated people, even ones that have a lot of Bible knowledge. They are they're inspiring examples of moral success and even warnings of moral failures. Yet many people fall right into temptation. It is a disaster at every turn. One thing about temptation that we need to really realize today, it definitely doesn't have an out of bounds. It doesn't have a a red line in the sand. You can be the CEO of a major company, or you could be the president of the United States, or you fill in the blank. You could be anything. Temptation is no respecter of persons. It doesn't pick sides. It doesn't have its favorites. It doesn't care what day of the week it is. It doesn't matter if it's light or if it's dark. And the scariest of all, is it camouflages itself in any situation, stalking its prey, ready to attack. And temptation can be a number of things. Uh, Just because you don't have this temptation, maybe your neighbor does or somebody else does, and it could be stealing, it could be lying, gossiping, cheating, envying, striving for popularity, vying for power, whatever it is, it is in our face. And if you if you if you went ahead and you listened to last week's podcast, like I said, we 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 covered verses one through twelve, and we discussed the trials of life. And with the right attitude and perspective, we can have joy in the midst of trials. In these next six short verses, we will see the truth about temptation in a very in-your-face manner. So let's read James one verses thirteen through eighteen, and we'll begin at thirteen. It says, "When tempted, no one should say God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He tempt any one. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed." Verse sixteen says, "Then after de- I'm sorry." Verse fifteen says, "Then after desire has conceived its birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown." gives birth to death. Verse 16 says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. 
He chose, and verse 18 says, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So verse 13 is, is, is James is, 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 a, is telling these people, he is telling the people that he's writing to that when you are tempted, don't say that God is tempting you because God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Like trials, we see that like trials, tests that test our faith, they are inescapable. We said that last week, that trials will come. Well, so will temptation. Nobody can escape its lurking power. It will come to us all. It even came to our Lord Jesus Christ when he was out in the desert and Satan was tempting him. When it comes, we should not blame it on God or say it's God is tempting us because out of trials come temptation. If you have a good uh, heart and perspective and attitude on trials, it could, we can hand consider it joy. But if we, if we don't and we get frustrated and we start blaming God and we just get mad, it, it can become the temptation to sin can be there. So trials come, um, not, trials come from God, but temptations do not. We are so quick to blame God for our sin. And when we do this, we take the blame off of ourselves. And, and, and we can't do that. This, is, this has been happening since the sin in the garden. When God asked Adam why he ate the fruit, Adam said, it was the woman who you gave me. And then when God went and asked Eden what, hap- Eden what happened, she replied, it was the serpent who made me do it. We see the blame game or the pass the buck here. Eve blamed Satan, but even worse, Adam blamed God. You see, Satan knows our weaknesses. He knows what our weaknesses are, and he sees these, and he will play this like a fiddle. God doesn't whisper evil things in our ears, or he doesn't give us any mental images that are not good. Temptation to sin doesn't have its ultimate origin in God. God's absolute goodness and holiness guarantees the truth of James' statement. To be holy means to separate yourselves from God. So we cannot blame God. James is telling his, his, his uh, audience that he's writing to, and he's telling us today that when we are tempted, we are not to blame God. It does not come from God because God is good. And, and we can't even say that the, the devil made me do it because the devil can't really make us do anything. But verse 14 kind of covers where this temptation to sin comes from, and you may not like it. It says, but each one is tempted when, by his own, if you have your Bible, underline that or circle it, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. You see, God cannot be tempted by evil, nor is his nature evil. By his own evil desire points the finger at us. It is our nature to be evil and, and, and to sin. Romans 3.10 said that there is no one righteous, not even one. One, one of the problems with sin is, is we don't view sin as God views sin. God hates sin while we dislike sin very strongly. So when we are tempted, it is our own sinful nature that does it. But an even scarier word here is desire. The definition of desire is this, a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. 
And you couple desire with the word evil and all sorts of bad happens. And it says we are dragged away and enticed. So when we do this, we're being dragged away. Away from what? Well, it could be from God. It could be from the word. It could be from church. It could be doing all these things. So we have to be careful. And if you looked at what dragged away and enticed means, it's, it's like a hunter luring out his prey from safety. Just as we make a conscious decision to consider trials a joy, we must also, and maybe even more, make a conscious decision to flee from the temptation of sin. I look at it this way. If we want to control the temptation of sin, if we want to control temptation, we must allow Christ to control us. So we must be in the word of God every day. We must be praying to God every day that he will keep us from this. And verse, so we, we look at, we can't blame God in verse 13. And then when verse 14 comes, we find out that it's our evil desire to do this. And then verse 15, it almost seems like it gets a little bit worse because it says, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown gives birth to death. Another thing to consider is this. If we give in to temptation, this verse contains a terrible warning as to sin and its final result. The three simple steps we see, it starts out as lust or it starts out as, 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 as that desire uh, to, to, to be tempted or, or the desire in our heart. And then it turns into sin and then it turns into death. First, there is the evil desire. We, we, just, we just talk about it at first. We just kind of, we, we're looking it over, we're mulling it over. We know it's bad, but we just talk about it. And then, and then we really, we, it really, it, it starts in our heart and we really start thinking about these things. If encouraged, this gives birth to open and flagrant sin. And sin in turn eventually produces death. I look at it like this. In the corporate world, we hear climbing the ladder to success. And this is from the bottom to the top. You might be the, the lowest uh, employee in, in the business and you do a good job and you're, and you're faithful and you're coming to work on time and, and, and you know maybe people start to notice. And then you start climbing the ladder to success and that's from the bottom to the top. Well, in this case, it's the descending the ladder of death. And this is from the top to the bottom. You could be starting out and you could be just on fire for God. And then you start being tempted by sin and then you give in to that sin. Then you start descending down and it gets worse and worse and worse until it is death. Temptation is there if we allow it to go from just thinking about it. Like I said just a minute ago, we, we, we start thinking about it and then we kind of start finding ways that we can do it. And then then we actually do it and then sin is birthed and then we find ourselves separated from God. And in, in the case of the unbelievers, this death will be eternal death if unconfessed and unrepented. So, so oftentimes we say maybe to sin instead of a blatant no, leaving the option open for us to say yes. This is not resisting Satan or the temptations before us. We're, it's, it's, this is like the person trying to get rid of a salesman on his doorstep. If you guys ever have that, it's going to come sell you whatever it is. Maybe it's Christmas time. He's going to sell you on the fact that he can hang your lights or they're going to come sell you a new vacuum cleaner, whatever it is. But it is this person that's trying to get rid of that salesman on his doorstep without saying a firm no and closing the door. Though we, we are... 
uh, we, we say we're not interested in buying Satan's product, which is sin, all too often times we leave the door ajar and continue to discuss the tempting wares. We leave open the possibility for the devil to make a sale. So to resist temptation, we must say a firm no and shut the door. And verse 16 to 7 says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. So now, verse 16 is a transition between the preceding and the following verses. So James is what he's done is he's telling us that we don't tempt, God doesn't tempt us, and it's our own desire to do this. And if we give into this desire, it's going to lead to this spiritual death or this, you know, as, as sin gets worse and worse, it gets, it, 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 it gets into death. But he's telling us not to be deceived. Don't be deceived by what people, maybe other people in that, in, back in those those days we're telling them this well maybe it's god that's tempting you but that is not true and we find out that um again that it's it's these verses that are um from 16 to to 17 it's preceding the following verses like i said linking the ideas together that people who blame god for their sin don't understand the nature of god and this is something they need to understand you know, again, like I just said, James was warning his believers that were scattered in the Roman world against a particular misunderstanding about the nature of God. This, min- this misunderstanding is, is, is the biggest error that we can make when it comes to the nature of God. Sometimes we listen to other people that, or maybe it's your friends or it's your family that, that you know, you're, you're being tempted to sin and, and they're not maybe following the Lord. So they're, they're really encouraging you, hey, just go for it. Hey, go ahead and do this when we know that it's bad. And then they say, well, see, if God loved you, he would have prevented you from doing that. Oh my gosh, all too often times I've heard that. But verse 17 is starting to clear that misunderstanding up because James is shifting gears, moving from evil to good, from the source of sin to God's provision for us. God is giving is a giving God and he loves us. God's character is love and goodness. We never earn or deserve anything from God. We don't merit gifts. And he gives us gifts from above as an act of his grace. The source of, 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 of our gifts is in the person of God. And when he's describing the father of lights is the fact that God is the source of all light, physical, intellectual, moral, and spiritual. And the best part is he never changes. God doesn't change. He doesn't have the capability to change himself, much less being changed by anybody else. We can therefore count on him. He is always true to himself. I always picture that they talk about uh, people that are that are building their foundations. If you build a foundation on how on a, on on sand, the water and the wind will come and it'll crush that foundation. But when you f- build your foundation, and that's can, that's being the world. But if you build your foundation on the rock and the winds and the and the waves come, the rock is on a solid foundation, and that is Jesus Christ. So if if you know God is giving us good things, He's giving us gifts. He's not tempting us. He's not tempting us to sin. Too often, more often uh, times, God is giving us that 
that off button or that way out. You know, the temptation to sin is there. We get ourselves into that and we can go to God and say, Lord, help me. And he will. And we can ask for forgiveness of that sin. Those are the gifts that God is giving us. And, and verse 18 actually just, uh, uh, says this. That he chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Here it says God chose or by uh, his own will gave us birth through the word of truth. The word of truth is the gospel. And by by, by the sending of that gospel, it is God's purpose that man should be reborn into a new life. Regeneration is an act of God, not of humans. Ephesians 2.8 tells us that for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Again, there is the gift. He is giving us the free gift of salvation. He, and this was his purpose. This was, this was all from eternity. God determined that this would happen. I love that it says he chose. Nobody had to talk him into it. Nobody had to pay him. Nobody had to twist his arm. He did this because he loves us. James insists that far from, from tempting man, God's gifts are always good. In the changing world we see, God's gifts are good, and he will never, ever change. So we can hang our hat on that today. We can know that God is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. He doesn't change. Nobody can change him. He doesn't want to change himself. He is perfect, and the gifts he gives us is perfect. So we can we can rejoice in those facts, and we can be excited that the Lord even loves us so much that he gave us his son to die on a cross that we just celebrated a few weeks ago because he wanted us to be home with him. So God's gifts are perfect. And we, again, we can just be so excited and rejoiced in that fact. So that's it. I know this one was a a little bit short, but, uh, you know, I wanted to get to the point. And uh, as I always say every week, you can give us uh, your prayer requests at newlife.com. BibleStudy.com. You can also uh, fill out uh, how this podcast helped you. And also, um, I would love for you guys to join in a thing that my pa- my friend Pastor Trevor Cooper, he is the he's the pastor at First Baptist, I'm sorry, First Baptist Church uh, Cyprus. Um, we are going to do a little panel on on COVID on the COVID uh, nineteen, and we're going to ask some questions like, how have how how has this impacted you? Um, and we also uh, how is it how how is it with your community uh, and and God even? Um, if you guys would like more information, email me, and I will email you the questions that we'll be doing. But if you guys can email me in the next few days at newlifebiblestudy.com, we would love to answer your questions. So send me those questions. Send me, send me uh, hey, can I have a little bit more on what the questions are? I will send you out the questions, and then you just reply back with those answers, and we would love to to get that on a, a little um, a little uh, Zoom call that we're going to do together. So if you guys need more information, again, uh, newlifebiblestudy.com, let me know. And then again, I want to thank our sponsor, uh, First Full Service Realty. Um, this is a, uh, if you're looking to buy or sell a home anywhere in Southern California or the Las Vegas Valley, uh, please call area code 702 373 
888-999-9939. Broker and owner Rochelle Stewart can help you with all of your real estate needs. Her company features what they call a Cali to Vegas connection as well. Deal, you're only dealing with one agent and that agent will help you sell your home in California and then help you buy in Nevada or vice versa, which with over 18 years of experience, Rochelle and her first full service reality team can help you find your dream home and also make the selling process simple and headache free. So please visit her. All of her information is on our website as well. I want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast and I hope that you guys have a blessed uh, week and we will pick up uh, our, our, uh, our discussion next week and God bless.